And like that, we back. Hey, you almost knocked me down, man. What is excuse me? Ah, uh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Not only just knocked me down, you stepped on my brand new uh, white Air Jordans that I just bought. Man. That's all you can say is excuse me. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. I'll fuck you up quick two times. Two times. Who told you to step on my sneakers? Who told you? Welcome to the From the Soul podcast. Brought to you by Limitless Lifestyle Crew. Let's get into it. And just like that, we are back on another episode of From the Soul Podcast. Please be sure to follow us at 4RMTHESOLE on Instagram. I appreciate all of the love everybody's been showing me. It's crazy because I've obviously, you know, you do these things and uh, I just like really talking sneakers, to be honest. And then I check the stats and I see that. Uh, we actually been listened to in quite a few different countries, so uh, I'm definitely humbled and uh, grateful for uh, all of the listens, all of the feedback, and all of the love I have been getting. So today we come to you with another episode. I have a uh, special guest, a very special guest, uh, but before I get into the guest as usual, what I like to do is call it a sneaker search, and that's something for you, the audience, to uh, get your phones out, kind of take a look at something that maybe you haven't seen or uh, you haven't heard about before. So this sneaker search is going to be for a shoe that has been retroing, but you won't see this colorway retro. I highly doubt it. Uh, not that you ever did see it released in the first place, if I'm not mistaken. The LeBron 7 Hero Pack, Deion Sanders. So I always try to get something that I've seen before on the guests uh, or at least on their page. And I, I've seen that shoe in person maybe maybe twice, uh, but I've never really seen it on feet. So uh, the guest has a, a, a picture. It looks like an on-foot picture of it. And uh, <laughs> if you go take a look, you'll, you'll have to take some time to scroll through, but uh, you will find uh, something rare like that. So without further ado, I want to get into today's guest. Uh, we have... I can't. I still can't believe it, y'all. But we have uh, Tyree Dillahay, uh, who is a film director uh, and working for Sony, uh, Sony Pictures, Sony Animation. Is that correct, sir? Yes, sir. So, uh, if you know, you know that is uh, the saying. And uh, Tyree has been around forever, man, forever. So. Uh, I remember my first time actually seeing some of his work being, you know, some of his sneeds. Is that correct? Is that how we pronounce it? Is it sneeds or sneds? I want to make sure we, we say it right. It goes both ways. <laughs> so uh, the sneeds artwork you'll see with the cartoon characters pretty much going through um, what we would see nowadays on Instagram or just stories of how you cop shoes or uh, this love-hate relationship we seem to have with internet cops and we keep losing and just a whole bunch of different uh, dialogues that you can put, you can tie sneakers into. So I'm, I'm grateful to have him on the podcast because that's what we try to do here from the soul is, uh, you know, we try to tie sneakers into to life stories and uh, hopefully uh, we get a good one out for you all today. So first off, I want to say, how are you doing, boss man? Yeah, I'm great. I'm blessed. I'm alive. Uh, just ate some brunch. <laughs> uh, I'm good, bro. 
How about you? You good? I can't complain, man. It's uh, been a crazy week, uh, as you know. Um, so, you know, we're not going to go too deep into the politics, all that. But obviously that has been uh, at the forefront of everything this week. And it was almost like a TV show. So it's kind of crazy to get that three-day TV show or four-day TV show and uh, come to it's not concluded yet, but uh, I guess we're getting close to to that conclusion. So it's it's not bad. Um, I know COVID has seemed to spike, so uh, hopefully you are safe. Um, you know, all our family, all of that yeah. is safe and out the way as well. Staying staying safe as always. And to quote Talib Kweli, um, cartoons be realer than reality TV. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is the facts, man. That's the facts. So. Uh, having you on, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm extremely grateful. I appreciate it. I know you're on West coast time. So you taking that time out to join us. We are, are definitely grateful to have you on, but, uh, I sought you out. I've ever since I was thinking about even doing a podcast, I always wanted to think about who could I interview or, you know, it really just takes the right. Yes. Um, or getting connected to the right person. And, uh, in this, in this, uh, podcast journey, I've, talk to doctors and uh, people who work in aviation and, you know, just different, different fields that I don't think are highlighted uh, as a, as a black man myself. I remember being a kid. I didn't, I never thought about working in aviation outside of maybe being a pilot, right? You don't, I wasn't thinking about all the jobs or possibilities that may be there. And for you, you work in animation uh, and have been for quite some time. I just want to say how, or I want to ask for you, how did that particular portion of your story come about? Like, you know, what was that start in art for you that, that, that made sure you uh, stayed on this path? Yeah, man. Thank you. That That's a great question. Um, I'll, I'll lay it out for you beginning, middle to end. I mean, in the middle, um, excuse me, in the beginning, I showed early talent in drawing. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas most kids, during between the ages of, we'll say three and eight, you know, you got the athlete over here, right? Um, you got the bookmark kid over here. Mm -hmm. um, you got the artist over here. Um, you got the thug over here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like all kids are getting placed in these boxes, right? But most black kids, they would generally push you to athletics or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, me, I was athletic, but I just gravitated towards art more uh so that was discovered very early on so throughout my life my mother my grandparents that was my support unit you know i come from a single family home mm -hmm. um, between those three feeding me paper feeding me materials paints brushes whatever i just still kept it going and then by the time i got out of high school um i actually didn't know what i wanted to do because i kind of fell into the hood trap yeah yeah and, you know, doing what everybody else was doing instead of doing what God put me on this earth to do. And even they would tell me, it's like, bro, like you do this. Don't, don't do this. Like we don't have a choice. You have a choice. Gotcha. <laughs> right. Yep. So like they protected me in that sense to be, like, you don't need to live this life. Go live your life. You are different. We accept you for being different. So go walk in your purpose. Yeah. So that's exactly what I did. So moving through through college and kind of finding like refinding myself like reclaiming reclaiming my my soul yeah um i finally returned back to art 
um, got into animation. I mean, there, there, there's history behind that, but this can keep the conversation going. Got into animation at a time where I was at a crossroads in my life. I said, I, I wanted to either go to law school um, or I was presented with an opportunity late mm-hmm. to say, come work, come work in animation. And I'm up here that's, like, well, lawyer <laughs> or animation, lawyer or animation. Yeah, that's, that's a crazy split, isn't it? Yeah, no, it is because they're two different roads. Mm-hmm. I mean, actually, they're both creative, but um, just just different, just different parts of the brain. So anyway, at that crossroads, I chose animation, and I I just never looked back. So I've been working in it ever since. I think I'm like 15 plus years in, something like that. Uh, a true OG then at this point, uh, a true OG. So, um, <laughs> I, I I I watched one of your other interviews, and you said pretty much for you like drawing is like air. So it's just something that you just always do or always did, and even when you're not drawing, you you. You literally think about it. Was there like a specific cartoon or something that like put pen to pad or, you know, did put that particular thought process in your head? Yeah, it was it was several. Um, I mean, the, just to date myself, the cartoons that I grew up with were like Thundercats, the Smurfs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, honestly, those those two were pretty big for me. Thundercats, the Smurfs, Transformers and He-Man. Uh-huh. I early on in life and then later it became mad magazine i was a big fan of mad magazine because they made fun of the movies that i loved and i was a big movie kid uh-huh. like like my my back then my vhs collection my dvd collection uh, through the years looked like some people's sneakers collections just a gang of movies right so right. i was always in the movies always in the film television cartoons as a medium and then because i drew i was even more attracted to it so just watching anything and everything but those cartoons i named like those those are pivotal um and then later it was just like just keep doing it just keep doing it just keep doing it right and then as as i did that it's like everybody else is being you know when you're going through high school middle school whatever you know like i said everybody's being recognized for their talents and it's like i'll tell you a story um there's a place out here called Alvera Street, and I'm in sixth grade. <laughs> and there's a guy up there drawing caricatures. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you go to any park, there's somebody drawing funny pictures of people. Now, mind you, I'm in sixth grade. I might have been in fifth, but we'll say I'm in anywhere between ten and twelve. Uh, the kids, everybody else, finds this guy drawing caricatures because yeah. you know we're, we're in our class uh, field trip. Mm-hmm. Imagine a bunch of 10 to 12 year olds, they go around this character drawing and they're like, oh, this dude draws. And they're up there going like this. Hey, my boy Tyree, he draws better than you. <laughs> and everybody's like, go get Tyree, go get Tyree. <laughs> right? That's and everybody's crazy. running around Alvera Street, right? Which is like a outdoor swap meet down here in downtown LA. Um, everybody's running around this little area looking for me. Go find Tyree. And it's like, they go get me. It's like, Tyree, there's this dude here. And we bet him, like, you can draw better than him. <laughs> and they take me to this dude, right, while he's doing characters. It's like, Tyree, show him. That's <laughs> right? Crazy. That's crazy. So, so he sits me down. And honestly, honestly, I remember drawing. It was trash, like, looking back, right? <laughs> but the whole point was that within my group, they were like, Tyree's the god. Like, he's the yeah. king of this. Yeah. You know, it's like, at 12 years old, he's doing his thing. He's doing it better than us. <laughs> to an adult, he was looking at it like, you know, like, this is cute. <laughs> but here's what we, here's what he did for me. He said, I tell you what, 
I'll trade, I'll draw a picture of you and then you'll draw a picture of me and we'll trade for free. Okay. So I drew a picture of him right spot, gave it to him. And then he drew a picture of me, gave it to him. I held that picture. Um, I had that picture up on my wall for years, for years, just thinking about that day. Like, yo, I went toe to toe with a pro. Right. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, you know, if, uh, if Kobe showed the court, you know, at prime, at prime time, Kobe, or even now, like if yeah. he was still here with us and they were like, yo, can I run a game, Kobe? He was like, yeah, sure, ball up. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like, it felt like that. Yeah, yeah. Right, the pressure's on right in the middle and you get to see what you can do and how you stack up against, you know, what would seemingly be one of the best. It's kind of crazy to do that at 12. And it's even more crazy, like you said, I think that the, the friends and classmates around you they said, "Oh no, we gotta get, we gotta get our guy. We gotta get our like." That's crazy to even think, but uh, it's something to be said about uh, friends who speak your name and and opportunity, opportunity, right? Like, yes, that, sir. that's yes, sir. always important. Um, people who bring you up in opportunity, so that that's that's dope to think. And like you said, just kind of tying it into sports. When I think about it like that, is that's that's insane, man. But obviously, that led you to. Um, doing uh, great things, like great things. Now, the path obviously isn't easy. Um, you know, you work hard, you are putting in countless hours because at this point, like you said, this is not just something that you're doing. It's more so a love for it, right? So you, your name's attached to it. I'm assuming you're putting in crazy hours and rolling through books. I have a little, I have a niece and she's about, I think she's about 12 or 13 and uh, I didn't see it at first, but she's kind of like running through books, like just always just drawing, 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 just running through books and doing, you know, designs. And I said, you know, you could do logos for people just, you know, trying to put these different ideas in her head because obviously you have a talent or you have something that you want to work towards at being good at. So uh, I think uh, as kids, if we can kind of plant that in their head, you know, early, then uh you know, it, it just helps out in the long run. Oh, no, for sure. Look, just to use another sports analogy, I think you just got to get your reps in. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, how many jump shots did you shoot today? You know, how many wind sprints did you do today? How much weight did you lift? lift? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, what's your time in the 40-yard dash? Like, and you just like, you got to get those reps in. So you're beating the competition. And not just the competition, meaning external forces, more like, What's going on inside? Yeah. What's the inter- what's the internal motivation? Are you internally motivated to get better and better on a day to day basis? Mm-hmm. Like that's the definition of champions and leaders. Like that's big moves here. You know, so, like I said I said to you off camera before we were talking about it, but reputation matters. You know. Yep. And you need to see yourself. Uh, be, seeing yourself meaning you need external examples of of where you want to be. Mm-hmm. And it's even better if you see people that look like you. you. see other other people, their communities, they have these external examples. But, I mean, we, we have them. We're getting them yeah. more and more, yeah. you know, because of the help of the internet, social media, and whatnot. Um, it's, it's gotten us out there, and that's why you're able to use your platform. We are able to speak. Others can see us and hopefully be inspired. But that's a... Uh, you know, that's a continued fight, mm-hmm. you know, because we need more positive examples to show, not just the same ones. We need new ones and in different areas. So mm-hmm. everybody has um, options and options are what we're lacking, you know, yes. in our inner city neighborhoods. Yes. And that's all we ask. So let's let's just keep it going. So 
into that then, I want to get to it because, like I said, this is From the Soul Podcast. Uh, everybody, thanks for tuning in. This is From the Soul Podcast. We uh, use sneakers to tell stories. So I I came about you. I came around or at least, uh, you know, were told about and show your your Sneed's uh, artwork and how it talks about, you know, sneakers or sneaker stories that go on. And uh, I always find it. I always find it, you know, just funny and even unique, right? That correlation between art, artists, and sneakers. It seems like, especially like if you look at DJs, right? Like all the DJs got a whole, they got a boatload of shoes or sneakers or things like that. For you, you are you, you don't share the sneakers as much, but I'm sure you still, you know, are buying what you what you want when you when you can and. Uh, dabbling into that community, um, what is that correlation, man? I can't. I, I, I'm because I can't say. Obviously, I would like to say I'm an artist in some form, right? I have artistic thoughts and I try to put ideas in place. But as a certified artist, a bona fide artist, what is that correlation between artists and and sneakers, man? I, I, I would love to know. Yeah, that, that's that's a really good question. That's that's a really good question. Um, and I feel qualified to answer it. <laughs> um, here, here, here's the correlation. The correlation between sneakers and creatives is what you're talking about. Yes. Creative people um, is that sneakers are the external personification of who you are as a person, right? So no matter what industry you're in, you're going to reflect whoever you are as a person mm-hmm. externally. Gotcha. So... Uh, we will adorn our bodies in ways that will signal to other people. I mean, hopefully signal to other people who we are before we even speak to them and they get to know us better. Yeah. Right. So when I put my sneakers on, that's that that already, you know, that I am different than you because I care about my shoes a little bit more. Now, why I care about these shoes because in the environment that I come in, Shoes are respected. They look at your feet before they look at your face, right? Yep. But I'm also, but here's the other part. Then I'm tied to I'm tied to street culture because I come from urban environments, mm-hmm. right? You know, I grew up in Inglewood, California. You know, that was this is the height of gang culture. So this white t-shirts, khakis, and some Chucks. And if it wasn't Chucks, and it was some Jordans. If it wasn't some Jordans, it was some Cortezes. If it wasn't some Cortezes, it was Pumas. So it's like there's codes Mm -hmm. that are being spoken within these things. But when we put these shoes on, it is to say all that 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 I'm saying, where I come from, how I grew up, the people I grew up around, all this is being encompassed in shoes. Yeah. And not only that, it'll it'll reflect itself in, in my entire form of dress. Like, you know what I got on now? And I didn't just put this on just for us to talk. I had this on. Right. This is a, this is a Nina Chanel shirt. This is a black artist, right? This is a Fear of God cap. That's a black designer. Yep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, I got some other sweats on by another person, but like, the, I'm wearing things from our culture like like it's, it's nothing. There's a Hebrew Brantley statue over here. Yeah. There's Spike Lee right here. There's Dolomite over here. So all these things are external reflections of who I am mm-hmm. as a person, what I am into and the tribes that I subscribe to. Like, so that's what it is. When you see the DJ mm-hmm. up there and he's got his shoes on, I mean, he's not dancing. He or she is not dancing. You know, they're not rapping. They're playing you some music, but they want to let you know, like, but this is who I am. Yeah. No matter what, what that comes in, 
So, I mean, look, I'll, I'll leave I'll leave the question with this. When I grew up, I had three passions, art, basketball, and hip-hop music. Those, that's it. <laughs> that's so whenever you, you, whenever you see me, that's what it says. Yeah. Now, granted, I'm able to switch codes. Don't trip. I can put a suit on with the best of them, right. tailor it up, fit it, looking right, <laughs> right? <laughs> but I can, also, I can also do this, too. But either way, <clears throat> either way, it's still going to be me. Right. And that, that's what it's about. And and with those three passions, all of them tie to, like you say, this uh this culture, right? Um, and even the sneaker pass, all of that ties into where you see these uh different sneakers. And I've always thought of it as far as sneakers like myself, it's a form of expression. Like the shoe that I put on today is probably how I'm feeling in some some mat you know, some form or matter. Um, maybe not all the time, but for the most part, if I put it on, that's how I'm 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 feeling. So that's it's it, to hear uh, your perspective, like you said, as a creative, um, it's a, it, it's a little bit different. So uh, I, I, it's just fun, man. Like that that's something that I think uh, people overlook, especially because uh, oftentimes have been called like a hoarder of sneakers or whatever, you know. Um, and people kind of wonder why you have so many shoes. It's the same shoe. It's like, well, they this shoe makes me feel a certain way. Man. And in this, in a different colorway, it. <laughs> it makes me feel another way. <laughs> yeah, no, this is, look, it's, I tell, look, nobody ever has a problem with me doing whatever I'm doing, but, like, anybody that has, it's, like, because I love it. Right. You know, if, if that's what you're into, if that's what you're into, like, do that. I, I, look, I always thought that sneakers is just that, it's almost like that language, mm-hmm. that unspoken language between two people to say, we are in the same we are into the same things. Yeah. We are part of the same community. Yeah. Right. And before it became this ma- mainstream behemoth that it is now, um, when it was a little bit more pure, mm-hmm. uh, it was just like, Oh, like, th- it, like I'm saying, it's unwritten life. like, Oh, you're, you're like me. But now, you know, in some ways sneakers is used as a tool yeah. and they might not be like you <laughs> <laughs> at all. Like they just trying to, take from the culture and not necessarily be a part or, or uh, right. contribute to it. So in saying that, right. Uh, it basically saying that, you know, this, this culture is a little bit different. It hits a little bit different. They might not want the shoes for anything, but that Instagram picture, or they might not want the sweatshirt for anything, but the Instagram picture and flip. Right. So you have Sneeds. And you hit on a lot of these topics, um, and we get to see the cool shoes, but we are, in a sense, making fun of, uh, you know, the things we go through to try to get the shoes, the things we go through to flex the shoes, or whatever you want to call it. How did uh, how did that come about? How did Sneeze come about for you? <laughs> well, a lot of those reasons. Like, <laughs> um, I think part of it was... Um, a disdain for flex culture. Mm -hmm. And then the other part was, um, just needing my own mode of, of self-expression that I, that I retained a hundred percent ownership in. Mm -hmm. It was really just those two things. So, um, retaining a hundred percent ownership for me means I'm not paid to work on this. I might profit from it, but, it is it is it is something that I created and I didn't sell it to a company. Right. Uh, these days, I license the thing, these characters, these ideas to companies. 
Um, and that's totally fine. But again, I am in hundred percent control of it. That, that control and, aspect. Gotcha. Exactly. And the disdain for flex culture, um, not from a hater perspective, but just to make light of it. Yeah. Like I think the best comedians, like they might tell you, they'll tell you like, oh, do you see the Dave Chappelle yeah. uh, monologue last yeah, night? I did last night. Right. So, but not even just, just the monologue, but Dave Chappelle has a way of saying how he feels about people and subjects. Um, some of it actually might come off kind of mean or biting, um, but, but it's also, but it's also humorous. It's a humorous critique on what, whoever and whatever he's talking about. So my, me creating Sneds or Sneeds, however you want to say it, um, is, is me making a critique on our community, on our quote-unquote culture, and the good and the bad right, of it, so right. we can all laugh about it. So, uh, if you haven't already, obviously, um, if, if you're in the shoes, you probably have already seen, like I said, uh, Sned, it's Sned, so I want to make sure. you probably already seen Sneds, but uh, not only is he, does he do Sneds, but now you see, you know, you see some of the work on, like, Kids Foot Locker, you'll see some of his work. Um, did some awesome work on Bob's burgers. Uh, and then from, like I said, just kind of doing some research on my own, heard that like at least one of like your first big bags was working with Bone Thugs and Harmony to do like cover artwork or something like that. Yeah. That's yeah, it was like age, that, eight, like early years. <laughs> that, that's insane to me. And I, I know this is probably, it's probably going to be hard to even think about, but with that, 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 first like big bag do you remember is it a shoe that you can tie to that your first big bag maybe it wasn't that one but maybe a sneaker that you you know i said i had to go back and go get this right uh i had to go back and go get it well we'll see but you're talking about something so old <laughs> that there was no there was no retro market <laughs> like like seriously like i mean I, we'll talk about it it's, that's 1995 you know what i'm saying um, 1995, there was no retro market. I think 94 to Jordan one mm -hmm. that came out. Right. And I didn't need to go back. I had gotten it. Right. Okay. Um, outside of that. And then the three, I didn't even know if they were going to make the three or not. So anyway, um, long story short, like I said, there was no, there was no going back. It was just like, whatever you had at the time you had. And, um, you know, I come from the era, like I, I grew up seeing Michael Jordan play real time. Um, so getting those shoes in real time mm -hmm. while Mike still playing in real time. Um, so like that, that's special just in its own. Like, I think, yeah. I think uh, what you call it, uh, uh, ah, currency. Yeah. You had a line. Yeah, yeah. Said, oh, like literally OG, no retro back then. But then later, of course, like there were shoes I had to go, go back and get. For sure, still, still do, but just not as hard. These <laughs> meaning not not going as hard these days. So there we have it, then, man. I, I like I said, I, I I appreciate you taking some time out to join. This is a obviously a quick episode, but we got the man of the hour in. Well, well if you want to talk some more, we can. I actually got. I do have time. I got. <laughs> we 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 can we can keep talking because that was a quick dirt. We can keep talking. Oh, okay. Well, no problem, man. So. As you hear, when we'll extend it a little bit. So, um, I, I, I also want to ask then. Let me let me say this. So you've worked, you like I said before, you worked on Bob's Burgers, right? Um, 
being a part of something like that, right, where it's kind of just took a mind of its own and in, in, in that process, what's it like being on maybe, you know, or knowing that you work on a show that is captivating so many minds and people are replicating it with Halloween costumes and, you know, just videos. And, and then I see you did, uh, you know, I don't know if it was just for people, fans of the show or whatever, but you used to draw up, you know, you used to basically burgerify everybody where, you know, they look like characters on the show. What is that like, man? What is that like? What is that like mentally to, to feel and, and know uh, that you're on such a successful show? Yeah. Um, I, I spent eight years on Bob's Burgers. Mm-hmm. Um, but the funny thing is, in the beginning, uh, no one knew really what it was going to be. And I started on season one. Mm-hmm. Um, but by the time I left it season eight, by the time I left it season eight, I think it was at like 150 episodes, maybe around that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had directed 32 of those. Um, it was it, like, you could see like, Oh, wow. Like it's a part of American pop culture. Now. Right. Um, but the thing about me was, like I said, every nobody knew what it was going to become, but for me personally, um, I had a feeling it was a good uh, successor to the to the Simpsons for this for this new day and age, and um, I saw the possibilities, and that's why I stuck around. Um, and and to see the fan support yeah. was obviously awesome. Uh, like I said, the the Halloween costumes, the memes, like Bob actually really took off in the Tumblr era, like mm-hmm. when Tumblr was really popping. Of those chairs with with Tina and Louise, like Tina's always been a fan favorite because uh, she's the awkward kid. She's like she's relates to people as right. they were when they were teenagers, yeah. you know, in that in that adolescent phase. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it, but the other thing was when you think about the time that Bob's Burgers came out, um, it was actually and when it really started to bubble, like in season three or something like that. That's around the time Instagram was invented. So, like I said, it was Tumblr era, and then Instagram came in, and then Bob's, and then myself also going with Bob's and with what I was doing with Sneds came in at this perfect time where there was a, they call it a confluence of cultures were happening, where you had cartoons mixing with hip-hop, you know, skating and hip-hop, like fashion, streetwear, like all these things, the confluence of cultures were happening simultaneously, and I am a child of that. Because, like I said, you got this 6'5", you know, 220 <laughs> black dude that works on this cartoon about this white family. Yeah. And it's not only works on their cartoon, it's killing it on that cartoon. So when they saw people, when you see me, like I said, when people saw me, you do that? You, like, you see my face? Like, they're, yeah. they're like, confused. Like, right. shouldn't you be dribbling a basketball somewhere? <laughs> you know? Uh, so, like, we don't expect you to be doing this stuff. Right. Like, you know. I'm like, I'm when I worked here, I mean, there was a time, I mean, now I think I was one, I was the only black director there. It's crazy. You know, and to be directing the cartoon, yeah. that's no reflection on the show. That's just the way our industry is. Right. You know, like there are very few of us leadership positions. Um, and at the time, I think when I left, I think there was like two of us out of six, maybe. And then maybe a couple of artists on the floor. But I mean, again, that that just travels with me all throughout animation, wherever I'm at Sony mm-hmm. or I was at Bento Box Entertainment uh, for Bob's Burgers for Fox or I'm at any other studio. Like there is very few. Yeah. 
Um, but again, like that's why it's important for shows like this to be like, hey, <laughs> you want to direct a popular right. animated sitcom, right. or maybe create your own or your own movie. Like that is possible, but it is work. Um, it is it is craftsmanship. You know, yes. you got to know what you're doing, plan for it. And, you know, it, it it can happen. But it, no, it feels it feels really good. It feels really good. So with that and, and, and kind of talking about, like you said, just platforms, you uh, do you do this thing called uh, Creative Conversations. And I, I watched all the episodes. I can't wait till you get started and, and get back. Right. Where we see. Uh, yeah, I need to get back. <laughs> where, where you do where you, you bring out these, you know, people of color who are in these positions of artistry or in the creative field. And I think that's like. I said, everyone I've sent to, like I said, my niece, right? I, I send them directly to her because she needs to see, you know what I mean? The, 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 the options that she has, if she continues to hone in on her craft and works hard and does, you know, this is, this is a possibility. So with creative conversations, um, what, what, what was the spark behind that, that particular idea? And, uh, I mean, I, obviously it's fun. These are probably people that you knew coming up, you know, you met early on. So to, so to see, I can only imagine to see somebody that I came up with or knew from a distance and then they're, you know, now they're successful and, and, and handling business at a at a different level. And we all kind of in this bubble, right? It's got to be fun to even have those conversations and talk about it. No, really fun, really fun. Yeah, I think some of the people... It was a good way to connect, but mm-hmm. then also use it as an opportunity and a platform to to show the next generation that this this can be too, and this is an option. Right. Um, it was, but it was it was it was really fun because some of those stories, like I know those people personally, but some of those stories I had not heard um, until then. Mm-hmm. So. It, it was good to like give them a place where they can feel open and they want to share more. Right. Um, so it really, it was less of a conversation and more like, I just want, I want people to hear your story. And um, for me, the big reason why I did it and is because some people from the generation that was like my age now, when I was coming up, not to say like it wouldn't be internet platform, but they were real, like almost like kind of secret with yeah. the information. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody's trying to protect their bag. Yeah. And it's just like, because it was so little of us in within, it's still very uh, small amount of us, but it's almost like you feel threatened. Yeah. 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 You know, and I just wanted to let everybody know, you know, then and now up until like, I'm not threatened by any of you, you know, I, you can't do what I do and I can't do what you do. Yeah. Or maybe I can do what you do. <laughs> maybe you can do what I do, but like what I'm really getting at is, I am still me and whoever I work with is going to pick me because of me. Right. Um, here's a bar for you. Like, I think people, people should be more concerned with how can I, uh, you want to get to a level where people care more about your input than your output. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That, that's, yeah. Y'all hear that, right? That's a, that's a gem. So <laughs> y- y- y'all listen to that. I'm, it, it hit me. So, uh, as somebody like for me, just I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a consultant. I work in like, I'm a system consultant. So I work with payroll systems and make these changes. So I wouldn't have dreamed of 
this job. I work from home, you know, or I travel from time to time, whatever. I wouldn't have dreamed of this type of job had I not known somebody in the field. And there's still times because I'm a black man. So when I go into the room and I'm telling these people, okay, this is what we need to do to, you know, set this up and have it operate in a certain way. I get people that look at me, you know, you get, you just get the looks. It just is what it is. So when I put in the work, you know what I mean? When I, when, when I put in the work and I'm telling them my input is strong, I'm precise and uh, direct with what we need to do. And then the output comes out good. Nothing is said, you know what I mean? Everything, everything is quiet at that point. So you have to be able to put in the work. It's not just uh, being able to get in the room, but once you get in the room, uh, what preparation have you done to make sure that you succeed and uh, bring some great results? Um, and that's, that's, essentially what uh what you know the young black youth need to realize you 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 talked about options we want to give them options right but we also want to make sure when you have a chance to to uh work in one of these options or are presented with the option you're prepared to put in the work like and mm -hmm. accurately so i think that that's good and creative conversations for me i don't you know i didn't I watched cartoons and I didn't think much about it as far as not to say I never knew of black artists, but obviously I didn't know to the detail that you are presenting with these guests. Right. So to hear it like your story, to hear their story, to hear the cartoons that kind of brought everybody in is like, Oh, I got to do that. I got to do that. And to hear you all talk about your passions is kind of, is dope. And I, I would encourage everybody to, uh, to, to listen to, episodes he has right now uh and and i know like i said i'm sure you'll you'll bring some more out in in relation to that oh, thank you so um as we kind of kind of round it out i i, I do want to put you on the spot man i have to because you are an artist and you've worked with like foot locker and you've met all of these you know famous people you've been to uh, you know, certain parties that everybody can't get into. I see you in pictures with, with DJ Clark Kent and all of that. Uh, is there a sneaker, man, that you have been gifted from this beautiful love and passion that you have of art and, and just putting it out? Is there a shoe that you have been gifted that even you, and maybe it's one, I'm not the one, obviously there's some you probably can't even talk about, but the one that you can, uh, that's kind of taking you aback. And made you realize, yeah, I, I made it. You know what I mean in in what I do or in my field. Hmm. Well, gifted would have to be the the Air Max um, One Master, the the family edition. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, uh, that one is crazy because I think it was 2017 for the Masters of Air campaign. Yeah. Nike shows a certain select group of people from around the world um, to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. And my, my, my guys, um, Afro Kicks, um, Air Mag, um, myself, I think I think we were the only people chosen from L.A. I think. If, you, if you, my boys are listening to me, <laughs> please forgive me if I forgot, forgot anybody, but um, man, uh, getting connected with with that shit, like that was ill. That that was ill. Um, and to be a part of the campaign, and the same year, I did a uh, I did a coloring book for Nike as well mm -hmm. uh, with with the Snads characters. So it's like they cover did an LA release. 
Um, but like that year, 2017 was an awesome year for me in terms of the brand. Um, but now nobody wants to give me nothing, nothing <laughs> at all. They, they got me out here on Snoop's app taking L's and got me to pay resale. Nah. Wow. I seen a picture with you in the, is it the Paris SB Dunks? So this was a while ago. Obviously, this picture is old. When you see those prices for that shoe now, what do you think, man? <laughs> insane, <bro. laughs> insane. But I mean, but like, but again, even when I when I got that pair, um, I hunted that pair down, um, and it, you know, I spent a little bit of change on it, but not what people are paying today. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> not crazy. What, not what people are paying today. Um, but it, like, but I genuinely wanted the shoe, and that's what I'm saying. It had nothing to do with, yo. This is like the shoe was crazy because I'm an artist, right? Yeah. And an artist, Bernard Buffet, like that's his work. Like, yeah. I, I actually wanted the pairs because I was like, this is how, this is how I envision Sneds on a dunk. Like if Sneds was on a dunk, this is how it would be with the yeah. canvas on it, mm-hmm. you know, with my characters, you know, with the fresh materials. Like, yeah. you know, anybody from Nike listening. You want to make the Paris? You want to make the Paris 2.0? Like I'm right here. <laughs> Just put snares on the characters, and we we off. We on our way. And that's what I was going to ask. I was like, have you? I was going to ask, have you ever designed a shoe, man, or had any input on on a design of a shoe? No, nah, it's funny. Like I I do work uh, with Nike. Um, been doing a lot of stuff this this year, mm-hmm. but they they that's that's not what I do for them. <laughs> That's not what I do for them. Like I said, hopefully one day that would be the dream to yeah. to, to collaborate on a Nike for sure. I think that's a dream for anybody in this in this whole thing. But like, you know, if I'm to state my case, I think I got a pretty good reason as to why yeah. <laughs> my you shoe should. would be important to yeah. the culture. Yeah. You know, ten years in on a sneak for comic, um, about the culture, the first sneakerhead comic ever. Yeah. You know, like that's historical. So something that relates to the culture like one thing we'll say about bernard buffet bernard buffet was dead a long time ago before that paris sb dunk mm-hmm. came out mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying and nor was he tied to sneaker culture in any form or fashion yeah so it'd be dope to have that perspective from somebody who is uh yeah and we, in that. and we get that yeah. right you know with union collaborations you know with, with chris over there well mm-hmm. with virgil and off-white mm-hmm. uh with jerry and fear of god you know Don C, you know, with just Don, like you name all the collaborations, right. literally made like the, the the reason why is because they are so tied and connected to street culture. But again, like, but you notice the modes, all those people that I named, like they all actually come from fashion. It's mm-hmm. like let's bring back the artist series. I mean, granted, you know, they did the stuff with Blue the Great and everybody else for the Fearless campaign, right, like that's right. dope. But you know, but um. There's others. There's others. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure they'll they'll bring them up at some point. Yeah, that 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 it has to happen. Um, just thinking forward, it has to happen. So, with that, let me uh, let me ask. Working at Sony, obviously, this is like COVID time. I'm not sure if uh, you were in the office as much or anything before all of this stuff hit. Uh, but if so, as far as you you working in the office, I think a lot of uh, corporate worlds are toned down a bit like even when we have an office i work from home but we do have an office so when i go in i can really wear you know whatever and i get to get some some of my sneakers off 
and get these looks and people ask me about my shoes. Is that something that you had the ability to do uh, oh, yeah. when you're going into Sony? Yeah, like, um, yeah, like all throughout my career, um, <laughs> I like I always tell people in animation, nobody, Mike cares, nobody cares what you're wearing. Meaning, there's no dress codes. Mm-hmm. I could walk, I could walk in there in pajamas if I wanted to, and nobody. <laughs> trip. They would, I mean, like trip in terms of like, oh, like if you're wearing pajamas, it wouldn't be like uh, that's not office appropriate. Like, right. Nobody. That would never happen because we're in a creative industry. You know, uh, that would stifle creativity yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if we were to do that. You know, I can't dress the way I want to dress. But yeah, like, I mean, clearly at work, I'd probably be one of the biggest sneaker enthusiasts there. Like nobody, nobody has, right. does, does it like I do it there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, but trust me, that's not a title that I want at all. No, that's it's just, not that. It's just, it's, it's you. That's just who I am. Yeah, yeah, that's you going and working, being creative. And for me, like I said, when we go into the office, which is very rare, but when we were going into office, I would always... Like that's a conversation. It's a conversation starter. If you see somebody else with something on that you know, and no one else in the office might not know. Like I remember, I think uh, I was just walking in the office and uh, seeing this guy had on. I believe it was probably some Gelite three, some Ronnies. I think the militia joints. And I know everybody don't know about you know that, but just the the fact that he had them on. I was able, you know, we able to start a conversation, just talk about, oh yeah, he don't even wear Nikes and then else he wears, like, he wears gel i threes and other runners outside of Nike. So it's like just a little conversation piece. And uh, for the kids listening and people listening, if you want a job where you can wear the sneakers, a lot of people letting you do it now. But obviously, he's saying that Sony uh, or most of his uh, creative career, you do have that option. So. So not everybody wants to wear dress up every day, right? So, and I don't think that has a impact unless you present it or something. It doesn't have an impact on the work that you put in anyway. So that's nope. dope. that's dope to hear. So all in all, let's kind of wrap it up. I have with me again Tyree Dillahay, um, director at Sony. Uh, more than grateful for him providing his time and. Uh, you know, it's Sunday. It's early for you. It's getting a little bit later over here, man. But it's early, still a little, little early for you. Um, I just want to before we 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 leave. Is there anything that you want to leave? I guess let's say uh, young aspiring uh, artists or just you know even even kids. It don't, it don't even have to be just people of color, but people looking to uh particularly be in the field that you you are in is it anything or any advice you would leave with them uh find find your bliss like the thing that you are most passionate about the thing that you're willing to dedicate hours on end uh to perfecting to getting better and and being happy about it that is the job or i like to say career Mm -hmm. um that that you want that's the one you want and and also to you to your last point um you want the career that allows you to be your best self yes. yes and if your best self is walking in with a fresh pair of jays some 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 lights mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or some or some superstars or some pradas or whatever and you want to wear dior or you want to wear chinatown market up top you know, or you want to rock a Nina Chanel shirt, fear of God sweats, you know, whatever. If that's who you are, find, you got to find a path, a world that exists around that. Mm-hmm. 
meaning meaning it exists around you. <laughs> you know, so I would say find your bliss, uh, dig into your passions. You know, feel out, feel out, f i l l, feel out your world. Like you, you are the author of the greatest book ever told, and the stories about you. That's uh, that's awesome, man. So. Once again, everybody, uh, Tyree Dillahay, uh, director over at Sony, uh, please, please <laughs> if you if you aren't already, uh, most of you should be, but if you are not, please give him a follow uh, on on IG. Um, I believe on Instagram it's the same name, but Snez by Re, uh, S-N-E-A-D-S-B-Y-R-E-E. Please, please, please go ahead and uh, give him a follow. You'll definitely enjoy it. Uh, you'll enjoy his content and all of the creativity over there. So this is uh, JT once again from From the Soul Podcast, tuning out. And just like that, we will be back.